This is a production from The Companion. Sci-fi served fresh. This podcast was recorded before we learned of the passing of Cliff Simon, who played one of Stargate's most beloved villains, Ball. I know I can speak for Michael when I say he will be missed. I'm Brad Wright, co-creator of all those Stargate television shows and creator of Travelers on Netflix, which is a show you should watch if you haven't seen it yet. You're listening to my podcast, Conversations in Sci-Fi, a production from The Companion. Welcome to my first interview with my very special guest, Michael Shanks. Michael and I were lucky enough to have spent a giant chunk of our adult lives on a show called Stargate. Well, he breathed life into the character of Daniel Jackson, and I typed a bunch of what he said. Michael went on to star in Saving Hope, Walter Carbon, Rob Cooper's Unspeakable, and a whole bunch of other stuff. From The Companion, this is my conversation with my friend, Michael Shanks. So we have a point of contact that's from both of our youths, and that is uh, Neil Freeman was an instructor for both of us in university, an acting instructor. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait a minute. Where did you go to school again? Did you go to... I went to York, where, York University. To York, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. then he came here afterwards. And actually, I went to York because of him. Actually, I, I went into theater school because of him. Because I did a, I did a, I wrote a play and was in it. And he was the adjudicator in a drama festival. And he blew so much smoke up my ass that I, I said, well, I guess I better do this. I better get into this. And, but then I realized, and, and, and that's what's the one point of contact, one thing we talked about, I don't know when it was, probably 20 years ago. And he went, yeah, he does that. Yeah. <laughs> he starts a lot of careers just by saying, you're the best thing I've ever seen. And um, yeah, rest his soul. That's a charm with that, man. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was good at that. He was really good at that. I'm not, I don't regret it. Did I, did I ever tell you the story um, uh, of when he came out, when I was in Stratford and he came out to teach the young company and we ran into each other out there? What happened? No, no. Because, again, Neil being, you know, being a very flattering man sometimes, he came up to, to Michael Mawson, who was the, um, uh, the sort of, I guess the best way to put it is that they were polar opposite people. It was Mawson was bitter, he was cynical, and, but he was no-nonsense. So you'd always trust his opinion as absolutely, you know, uh, his, uh, honest. And uh, Neil came up to me and said, uh, uh, dear heart, um, so tell us what's... Next. And um, Mawson was like, what? And he came up. So Mawson comes running up to me in the hallway at Stratford. He says, um, he says, he grabs me, grabs me in the corner. And he says, who the F is, is, is Neil Freeman? And I said, uh, well, he's a, a professor from when I went to school. He goes, you know what he just asked me? What's bloody next for Stratford? He goes, what is, this is a daycare center for old people. He says, what do you think Trevor Nunn's you know, um, workshopping his next play there? And I, I, I just, I, I just, I love this convalescence of the worst person he probably could have asked that question to in the entire yeah. world happening yeah. at the same time. Yeah. 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 There was a little bit of that. I was, uh, I was in a production of his at York. I was in uh, Coriolanus and I was not actually, I, I, I had a part that did not exist on the cast list. I was, uh, I was basically an extra. <laughs> and uh, well, I was in first year, it was a fourth year production. I was supposed to be honored for what it was, but uh, yeah, no, I, I remember thinking, yeah, well, he did good, you know, it worked out, it worked out for both of us. Although yeah, yeah. for me, he he was blowing up because I wrote the play, not because I was not because of my acting in the play. As an actor, I made a good choice to become a writer, but uh, <laughs> definitely true. Uh, 
But you were, how old were you when we started Stargate? You were I young. was 26. I, I, yeah. I turned 26 in the, just the December before we started in February. So literally half your life ago. Now, yeah, I know. I've done that. Uh, I've done that math too, and it. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 well. I mean, almost half of mine. I don't remember the first ten years. It's funny how you go online and people talk about Stargate, and and I don't know about you, but every time they mention a show or or an episode, I go oh, that one. Right. And it's something something back from 1997 or definitely something I had nothing to do with uh, because uh, I wasn't uh, I didn't get to write them all. I did get to write all of uh, the, the last show I did. And it's way harder. So I don't regret, you know, having a ton of writers or having a team of writers. When right. we started. But those were good times. We don't, don't we don't we always seem to get asked questions about like it's always in the first two seasons and never. And, and it's not like they're, they're sitting there going. So Torment of Tantalus, what was that, you know, that, what was that like? What was King Curtis like and all this other stuff? It's always Hathor oh. or the First Commandment or, or... I mean, people don't come up to me and ask questions because I don't do conventions. Right. I would. I, I mean, I don't get asked. But, uh, and I think it's because fans don't like to think it was written. Right. You know, they want to meet you. They yeah, want no, to meet... of course. They, they relate to the people that they see on the screen as well. And so those of are the course. people that they see. But, you know, I think, you know, I think the people, <laughs> you know, the people who know the show best would be very good guests at these things to describe, you know, the, the comings and goings and how things actually happen. Well, I don't know if I know it best anymore because it's not like, uh, I bet there's fans who've seen it far more recently than I have. Uh, uh, I did a, a companion quiz about early Stargate, about Stargate in general. And uh, I got a, I think I got a, like a C. And I, I thought I would, be, <laughs> I thought I would do better than that. I guess it's because I haven't seen pretense since 1997. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, Browder, Ben Browder, when he came aboard, which was, you know, far more recent. That was like. That was only a mere, a mere 15 years ago. exactly well at least i have a stronger memories of 15 years ago but he said he sat down and and, and he said i'm gonna watch them all and i went no 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 no. let me give you a list let let, let, let's give you a list of one no 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 no. i think i should see it all and i went well i want you to do the show so (laughs) let me give you a list (laughs) no no no, i want to see the. i want to see warts and all i want to see the good ones and the bad ones Okay. <laughs> See, my, one of the things I remember from back, you know what I really remember? And, and I remember your, your shivering face from the first day of shooting. And, and it's, <laughs> it's like that. It's like that right now outside. It was, this is when we started shooting. It was a day like today. It was bloody freezing and it was a disaster. Day one was a complete disaster. It was- I don't think was there even a shred of film that we used for that. That was, was well. Like the, there, the, the, your coverage on the whole Julak scene had a giant scratch right down the whole film roll, and like all of that, so we couldn't use it. No, 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 no. It was, it was fine. I remember going, "Can't we save this? Can't we? Can't we fix this somehow?" And they said, uh, "No, no, no. Are you know, we have to place it together again, and it's like very expensive." And I went, "Oh shit, okay." And then years later, remember, I did a, I did another cut. I did the final cut thing, mainly because, well, I, that was motivated for two things. One, I wanted to just use Joel's music because the original pilot had this mash of his music with the original featured. Like <laughs> it was like both scores playing at once at some point. It was it was awful. And there was a, a few lines of dialogue that I wanted to excise. And uh, <laughs> and I, and Brad Ryan, you you remember Brad? He. Uh, he went back and edited it from the from the beginning. He went back to the original dailies, and 
And there, and I said, look up the, the B-roll because I, I, re- I remember there being a whole camera roll that was scratched and they, they saved it. And it was like $11 because of the digital, uh, you know, it was nothing. You just right, right, repaired right. it. It's more than $11. But uh, <laughs> that's in that cut. I, you probably never saw that cut. Why would you? I, no, I think I did because I, I, I wanted to, I think I did. I think I, I, yeah. I, think I only watched it once, but um, I did want to see because I, knew, I, I mean, I, I certainly knew some of the stuff that you wanted to part with, which was, you know, yeah. pretty, <laughs> pretty easy to, to, to tell. Although mm-hmm. I saw your reaction on Twitter when um, um, it launched on Netflix US. Oh, right, right. That was really recent. Yeah, yeah. And people were complaining about the yeah, 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 the stuff. And yeah, and it was a very, very valid point that hey. Why do we even still have this cut? Why is this still a thing? Well, I, I, it's not even that I was approved, or, or it's just that it wasn't the show we were making, or the no. show we were planning to make. It wasn't and the show. Uh, that, it wasn't. There wasn't any of that in the movie. What are, are no. we? Are, yeah, like no. it's kind of. It's a little odd. It's because it was Showtime. It's because yeah. we could. Yeah. And they and they went well. Give us something, Jerry. I'll say. Do you remember Jerry? Jerry. He was the the president of Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Actually, he was a great guy. I pitched, J- Jonathan and I went in to pitch SG-1 uh, at Showtime. And, uh, you know, I, I'm doing my whole, it's like the NASA astronauts program at the beginning. And because that was, that was the thought I had. And, uh, you know, civilians and, and, and military going together. And I'm, I'm halfway through my pitch and the fire alarm goes off in the building. And I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, Jerry goes, how much is the fine? To his assistant, and uh, and and she goes, sir, we have to leave the building. He goes, oh god, the boy's talking, and I and and uh, and and, and so we have to leave. We all get out. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm halfway through, I'm, and we, you know, we go down the stairs or down the elevator. I can't remember which, and we're all in our mystery area in the parkade. And and Jerry was is is uh, six four, and I'm not, as you know. And <laughs> um, and we're all pressed closely together, and I'm basically looking right up his nose, and he looks down at me, and he goes. Okay, go on. So I finished finished the pitch in the parkade. Oh, man. Thank God it got picked up. And then when we were done, I think we're going to go back upstairs. I think we're going to go back and I'm going to talk some more. And he goes, no, 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 I've heard enough. That was good. That was good. And I think, did did we sell it? And and Poncho Munsfield, who was his right-hand man, said, you did good. And that's, yeah. So it was sold during a fire alarm in a parkade. As the town car pulls up. No, we don't need to see any. We don't need to hear anymore. Oh, God. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh god yeah that story could have easily gone another way <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, and has in my career you know there's, there's times <laughs> it's pitching is hard man that's one of the beauties of a uh, show going as long as as it did you don't have to pitch nearly as often <laughs> i mean i after stargate I, you fly down and well it's like auditioning i mean same thing how many auditions do you have for everyone you get do you remember the do you remember your audition for stargate which one? <laughs> oh, okay the the, the final one the final one, uh, the, the the screen test one. Well, I, re- I remember, I remember the overall experience, but I I get because uh, mine went over two days, right? Because I, I did the first day with uh, when uh, Amanda and Chris were part of the group that was there, and Rick was there, and then I I guess that they wanted to look at a couple other guys, Peter and some, but Peter Outerbridge and somebody else. Yeah. So, I, so I came back in the next day, which was. I mean, listen, I hadn't done it a lot. I hadn't screen tested a lot. It was just to go through that that stressful day, you know, not being used to it, and then say, they come out and you're like, oh, what are you going to say? And they say, come back tomorrow. 
I remember what happened. I, I think I've told you this. What, what happened was uh, the MGM thought you were too young. And I, I've told you this. And they said, yeah. uh, and, and, and I said, yeah, but he's the best. Well, he's so young. How's he going to know 26 languages? And I went, I, I promise you one thing, and that is he will get older. And this, <laughs> you know, I mean, that will happen. <laughs> and you were, I mean, Peter is a great actor, but you were Daniel. I mean, you were terrific. And, and, and your, your performance as Daniel morphed from the beginning of season one to the, beginning, uh, to the end of season one quite a bit. But it really changed in season two. Like you, that's when you completely own the character. Do you feel that way? Um, well, again, going back in time. I mean, I, I do know, I, I certainly remember that, you know, when I first auditioned for it, that it was clear what voice, you know, you, you wanted to hear what voice the, yeah. you know, it was written. You guys did a great job of writing the character the exact way he was written in the feature with every, almost every nuance and pause in there so i was like okay i'm just gonna do this because this seems yeah. to make sense and it seems to sound right and i can go back and look at the tape to see if this is you know if i'm on the right track but yeah i think that i think probably i can't say exactly how much was conscious at that point but i do remember when we got picked up for another two seasons like halfway through season one which was already crazy i mean never mind by today's standards by any standard like to have two seasons right out of the shoot and of 44 episodes are you kidding me and to have and then it was 88 yeah and it's like oh my god i've been i'm going up i thought maybe i'd be doing this for a year or two and moving on and now it's like this is this is a career right now i gotta go make this my own somehow but i think you know you got me a lot of leeway to change certain things you know like allergies and uh, things like that 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 were a little bit um you know bothersome i think you said i think they have don't they have medicine for that now something like that I think, I think too, I think was, you did Hamlet, you did Hamlet and it was something you always wanted to do. And it was very freeing and it changed your, you changed your hairstyle for that. Right. And then, and then I know this may be facile, but when you, I think just looking at you because of the hair, your hair was different. Daniel was different at, to a certain extent because you started, you know, the changes that you were making showed up, but yeah. you know, writing you, I have written you more recently to, to tease that. I gotta say how easy it is when you're when you're writing a familiar character, when you're writing a character you've written ten thousand lines for. Cause right. I and I hear because I can hear your voice very, very right. clearly when I'm typing. And and uh, you know, sorry for all the words, but uh <laughs> you can do it, so it's your fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that to Amanda too. I know you get all the, you know, uh, Rick had a two-inch rule in the in a script if it was, yeah. You know, because because you can do it because you could you could you know you know eat a eat into a character and eat into a rich monologue and 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 with a lot of speed and and uh and believability and that's you know that's, where the speed, did i ever tell you where the speed came from did you ever hear that no. story because no. i didn't i kind of didn't realize it until later it was i think it was either in the first or second season when you know, especially when we would get the, the white page drafts and stuff like that. And there'd be sometimes really long swaths of speech that were probably there more as, you know, pseudo stage directions for the reader than they were necessarily, you know, for the, they were all going to make the cut is my point. Um, and that then happens I sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what happened was I, I would memorize it all and go through it and try and sort of like, you know, be a little bit actory and probably do it, you know, you know, 
wank, basically, uh, as, as young actors kind of do. And and then we, then you guys, of course, would cut. Like, you, you, you trim, you'd, you'd get rid of it, because, you know, this is a freaking action show. You know, it's not um, story time. And um, and I, I, I used to look at that and go, son of a bitch. I've memorized all that. All of it's gone. I'm going to... I'm going to fit it in. Uh, I recognize, the, the, you know, it was, it was a time thing. So if I just picked up the pace of it all, that, you know, I get to include all of the, the, the speech that I'd worked on. And then I think I started, you know, going into hyperspace. And then you guys either started to write more or realized that there was more room to write more or something. Not really Oh. Well, I mean, that's part of it, but, 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 you know, the other thing is when you get a cut and well, you know, this obviously you, it's, you have 44, 19, right. Including the credits. Yeah. You, you know, and so you see as you, if you can cut something, well, that's always, that's a good rule anyway. If you can come some, cut something and it doesn't hurt the movie, you should cut yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Unless it's a four and a half hour superhero movie, but, uh, <laughs> unless it's a $20 million action sequence and then goddamn, don't cut that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, also, you know, we're better now. I, I'm a, I hope I'm a better writer now than I was when you were getting all those speeches and, and you can get, you can get the information out in a different way. You were then, a pretty then, damn good writer then, Brad. I tell you, like, I tell you, I was, I'm, I'm been talking to my, my daughter, um, Tatiana, who's 22 now, by the way, just, you know, really. To my kids are teachers. Hold. My kids are both teachers. Remember, they were little babies when we started. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're teachers. They're both teachers in their 30s. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I know. Good. And writers. Both of them write, too. Um, but when I was teaching her, talking to her about writing, because she was having trouble um, with, um, with writing. And, um, and so I was talking to her about it, and I said, I said the best writers, um, and one specifically that I can name, Brad, would his some of his best work would come in, you know, in the closet, you know, two handers stuck in a glacier, you know, in a room, just banter back and forth because she was, you know, she was thinking about doing like a pandemic movie around the house somewhere. And I'm like, going, if you figure out a way to make two people sitting in a room entertaining, then that, as far as I'm concerned, you're a great writer because it's not an easy task. And you did that all the time. Well, there was a reason for that, and that was so that the other writers could do the bigger shows because right. you know uh, Solitudes w- was not cheap because we built it, we yeah. built a glacier, yeah. but but um, it was cheaper than if we tried to do it in a bigger way. Abyss, which which was like uh, well, some of yeah, it was great work on your part uh, with uh, you know when with Rick being tortured and killed over and over again, and you coming back, yeah, and yeah. Say, that was great. But yeah, I mean, I just. I guess it's because of my background in theater, but 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 also I just love giving an a, an actor an opportunity. Like this, if there's one thing television actors don't get to do very often, and that that is to really do a, a scene, like to really act in a scene where they're where they're going they're going somewhere. They're not just going hey or look out <laughs> and and uh, are running through trees, which good, good Lord knows. <laughs> Uh, it never started, by the way, as running through trees. We always, you know, had other things in in our minds. It's just when we went looking for a location, well, I guess there's that area over there with the trees, because we couldn't we couldn't have city in the background. We couldn't have, I mean, in the Children of the Gods, I you know, I wanted to do it in the mountains with snow because you know it was the opposite of desert. That's and we had it. 
not in a million years, not in a million years. But no, I love to, you're right. And I love writing that stuff. I love writing a, a good two-hander that goes somewhere, that, that gives an opportunity for an actor to sink their teeth into it, especially when the actor can do it, you know? Like Lifeboat. You remember Lifeboat? I do. I made you I play your 27 characters. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you're happy about that or not in retrospect. No, I, it was, I, I adored the opportunity. That's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, but you don't, and I take it as a compliment because you don't do that for everybody. You just don't. You don't write that part because you, it eventually ends up on film and you air it. And if it isn't going to be, if you are not really, really sure it's going to be really, really good, you don't do it. Or at least you learn eventually over your career as a showrunner <laughs> not to do that. Because there's sometimes, there's sometimes you do something and you just go, oh my God, what have I done? Oh, no, but, I was. Uh, I was very appreciative of, of, of that opportunity. Um, I'd also had the benefit of the year before I did like a TV movie and a, a, the gal in it who was kind of the, the central character, but not necessarily the lead character, she got cast the day before. And she was playing this, this, this you know, schizophrenic that had like, you know, five different personalities. And she literally had gotten the audition, done the audition with you know three scenes in tow and then got the part and now she's got a day to prep six different characters that she's supposed oh to play oh my god it oh was god. I, and I, I was absolutely i, I was mortified for her. i was like because i watched her struggling with these things and then and so when this came up strangely enough um when when um um this i saw the script i was like oh my god what a great opportunity and I went, okay get to work now, find some characters, you know, uh, because I can see where this is, you know, could, where I've seen the danger of where it could land. Cause that, that poor girl, I think she kind of made herself sick. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember the, the most fun of that one after, cause it was, it, 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 there was a lot of material there. And, and in the editing room, we, you know, the conversations basically back and forth between yourself. Right. You know, with the quick cuts, that was fun. I think the most fun I had on Stargate was continuum. We had fun on that. The, oh, the yeah, yeah. We did. Oh, that was a great time. And I remember saying, uh, so, or asking, do you want to go to the Arctic? And you basically went, oh, God, no. <laughs> is, that, is that what, the, I don't remember why, but I remember, okay, I have to, I have to come up with the reason Michael doesn't want to, doesn't, uh, Daniel doesn't go to the, well, no, it, go to the I, Arctic. it wasn't that I did. Uh, you were working did, or something. I was working on um, 24. Right, 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 and right. The, right. And the, and they had me, um, the, the nature of the show, which I kind of didn't, I mean, I should have expected, I didn't really expect, was they didn't tell you what was going to happen or how many episodes you were in because of the right, way right. That they shoot it. So it was just I think like, I think what I'm remembering is, do you miss Do you miss that you went and you said, God, no. Because yeah, I didn't yeah, have to go no, That's absolutely the answer, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it, right. No, you were working, you were doing 24. Anyway, so I had to figure out a way that you went, but but didn't do the Arctic scene. So I cut your leg off. Yep. <laughs> How uh, necessity leads to a writer's invention, right? And it was the You're best thing. The best thing I got to do during that show was to play that whole bit. Strangely. Oh, enough. that, that, no, it was great. And that goodbye. And it was the first time the word shit was said in Stargate. Yeah. And it was cause you were alone and you're dying. And of course, on camera. And, uh, on ca yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, I, I suspect it was said a few other times. <laughs> the things we could I wasn't have said. On set, I wasn't on set nearly as much on, on that show as I, as I uh, should have been, or, 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 but, but mainly, mainly because I was always writing or prepping. 
and that led to how kind of how I do it. I've just I've, I've just never been as much on set because I always have something else to write, and the script is never finished with me. And right. I'm always I never you know you kind of pull a script out of my hands to shoot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or at least I'm getting even more like that. You know how we well, all. I think I, I think most most artists are and should be that way. That you know that whatever like you know whatever we film you know in, a, in an episode that's just where it's at. That's not yeah where we want it ever. It's you know it's where it just happens to land right there. And this is we ran out of time. Sorry. That's this what we got. Right yeah. Although although some people are pretty consistent through takes. Like some people take multiple takes. Like what's that great Spencer Tracy quote? He's doing a walk and talk and he nails it. And the sound guy says, I'm sorry, I, I, I lost the sound halfway through it. And uh, Spencer Tracy goes over to the sound guy and he goes, son, I don't get any better. I just get worse. <laughs> that, 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 that performance was probably the best one. Yeah. And some actors are like that. Are you, are you, for example, an actor who likes to watch his own work? No. No? I'll do it. I'll do it because I have to. I feel like I have to, um, to, to to really understand what it was I did or how. Sometimes, especially, it's like, like if, you, if you're putting something on tape for an audition or something like that, you want to know. You don't want to send something, you know, just go ahead, just take it, close it, plug my nose, and send it to you. You want to know if it's any good, but I watch it with one eye open because it's, you know, a, you're always judging something about yourself, some part of your appearance in general, which is just natural. And then two, you're judging the, all the things that you thought you did that you didn't do, actually do, and you know all that other stuff. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. I, it's better actually to go back and watch something I did maybe 15 years ago now, because I don't feel attached to that person anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, totally. You know, it's like watching somebody else. I feel the same way when I'm watching something I wrote 15 years ago. I'm like, oh, oh, because you yeah, gotta get the, better, right? Yeah, you, yeah. If, if you're not growing, if you're not, and this happens, this happens with this happens with actors, this happens with directors, it happens with everybody. Uh, if you don't, because I mean, look at television now compared to Columbo. You know, it, although Peter Falk is brilliant, but look at go back to. You know, I did Neon Rider. I did a show in 1997, 1989, I mean. And, you know, it's just, it was pretty simple. It was, you know, you couldn't, the coverage was not what we can do now. The, the filmmaking was not what we do now. Absolutely. Uh, and no. it, so if you write that way, and that's kind of what you're referencing too in terms of, you know, those chunks of dialogue, you know, exposition. We wouldn't even think, you know, we would just go, okay, well, we've got to get all this out. Boom, <laughs> give it to Daniel. <laughs> But now, I mean, television has become more sophisticated. I think it's grown more in the past 10 years or 15 years than, than films have, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's a sophistication to television now. What's your favorite show now? What do you watch? My favorite show that I've ever watched is Breaking Bad. And I watched yeah, it okay. probably five years after, and I watched every episode of it, not expecting to, five years mm -hmm. after it finished airing. Um, so I was late to that party. Um, and then now... I. And this is, and maybe this is just a sign of my age. And I, now, you know, now you know what I watch all the time? I watch documentaries. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like it's... Documentary it's, I, and uh, hockey. Yeah, and hockey. Yeah, totally. 100%. Because my wife's tried to get me into... I watched Chernobyl. I watched Yo, all that Chernobyl. was brilliant. That was Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely we should, brilliant. We should watch Ted Lasso. It's really... Oh, is it? Really is that good too? Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not breaking any new ground in terms of filmmaking, but it's got... It, 
um, it's just got so much heart, you know? You know, I mean, that's, and that's what lacks. That's what uh, I think a lot of th- times you watch network television or you watch anything. And it just doesn't have that heart, you know? And that's what people loved about Star- Stargate. It had that sense of team, that sense of heart. You know, you knew everybody, every one of them would give, give their lives for each other, you know? And, and <laughs> did over and over again, quite often. Daniel was like the Kenny. Of, uh, <laughs> oh, it killed Daniel again. I'll never forget when we were on the plane that first time heading down to Santa Monica. You passed me the, the teaser trailer for uh, Fire and Water. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and just, the, just, just, just the teaser and then hand it back. I'm like, okay. And you're like, good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't you totally did it that. You. No, you did, you did say later in the flight, you did say, don't worry, you live. Or something to that effect. But, I must. But, I'm sure I said that. I'm sure I said that at the very beginning. I would never have said that. <laughs> what an asshole! If I did that, holy cow! Well, you did it with a big smile. I didn't think. I, I thought I was. You knew you were lying. Yeah. Well, quite often you kill characters, and 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 it and it's a bigger conversation. You know, you say, yeah. uh, you know, your your character's dying, <laughs> and you know, sometimes it's a a character who you always intended and. I like to do this too, especially now, maybe because I was such an asshole to you. Uh, <laughs> you hire the person saying, okay, this is a five episode arc. And at the end of it, your character dies. So there's right. no sense of I failed. Right, 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 right. Because those are hard conversations. And, uh, but <laughs> often they're driven by network going, uh, you know, no, this person's not working and you can I've, fight I've for people all you want. I've died in almost everything I've ever been in. And I've, no one's ever had that conversation with me. <laughs> well, hang on. Your character dies in the pilot of Saving Hope. And well, then... he, he's in a coma. Oh, okay. But then he comes back. Well, I mean, listen, he's, he's, pretty, he's, he's a ghost. So he's pretty close. Yeah, to the end. yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you yeah, know. I'm saying I'm... that's a very similar thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, was but I, 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 I literally, my best performances have been stuff where the character dies. That's, uh, yeah. you know, there's some great drama to be wrung out of stuff like that so you know. yeah yeah and that again we're back to heart i think that's what makes uh stuff good yeah it's sure. hard to uh it, it's hard to keep up it's hard to uh because you know you go down and you pitch and and it's very 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 difficult to sell a new ip now it's just they the the buyers are just so averse risk averse to a new idea because it's so hard to get eyeballs to it. And if they don't watch it the first time, they're never going to figure out what's going on. The second one. Right. <laughs> Have you done a Netflix thing uh, lately? Or uh, at all? I, yeah, I did. I did a couple last year. I did um, altered carbon. And, oh, of course. Uh, I, yeah. And, but I, I mean, I, I was dead within, I mean, literally that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> and, and then I did Virgin river because Martin wanted me to do Virgin river. And then I had uh, a mis- I won't say I won't say a misunderstanding, but a that they changed showrunners for the second season. So whatever okay. I was told at the end of the first season didn't come to pass in the second season. So it kind of um, didn't the character didn't head in the same direction that I was told it would. Meaning that she said he would live, and oh. <laughs> he was going to die. So I said that's, that's not quite what different. I that's a, that's yeah. a, that's quite a turn. Yeah. Well, especially when it happened within literally two scenes. Within, I basically got two scenes in the second season and the character was dead. And I was like, this is not... Not what I was expecting. 
I never would have agreed to do this in the first place if it, if it, uh, if I knew it was heading in this direction because I barely did anything in the first season. So um, I haven't I haven't watched much of Altered Carbon uh, because uh, I was jealous of their money. Uh, right. We we were shooting Travelers uh, in the post office uh, in uh, downtown Toronto, which was fabulous, great experience because we were downtown and we could shoot downtown scenes without having to bring a crew there. We just go to the corner of the building and shoot a scene. It was amazing. Right. But um, Altered Carbon had these massive gigantic expensive sets mm-hmm. uh the, and i was just so much money they had they had the, the, whatever it used to, used to be some sort of um i guess it was a newspaper out in um north delta yeah uh, i saw it and they basically every floor was a different set and the whole building was just for that one production i've never i've never been i've, I've been in even when I did Elysium, which was a hundred million dollar feature and, and yeah. Red Riding Hood and stuff like that, where I've seen a little bit more money kicking around. I'd never seen anything like this for, especially for TV. And um, yeah, uh, Lennick, uh, John Lennick, uh, who uh, we've both known for years and years and years, he, he took me on a tour of those sets. And uh, oh, he did. I was, well, the season one, apparently they built all new sets for season two, which is what, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like, I just kept going, money. Money. I mean, we did I, by by the end of Stargate. Uh, we were we had a, a pretty decent budget, but my God, at the beginning we had we had nothing. I I remember episode one after Children of the Gods. I wrote one of those small shows, uh, which uh, because I knew who we I knew we had gone over on the pilot. I knew we were going to go more over. So I said, let's not dig a hole. Let's try to let's write a small show right off the the get go. And it, we never left the standing sets, and we still went $100,000 over budget. And I went, this is a problem. <laughs> if wait, I wait, can't wait. write a cheap show where we're just chatting in the sets, and we're not even you know, doing visual effects or going outside on locations, we don't have enough money to make the show. And I was waving my red flag, uh, which I, and, I, and I think I had been doing too much red flag waving, like about the nudity and other things. Um, and and it was like, ah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And then, you know, the show just started going over budget, number budget, number budget, even though we were just running through the trees. <laughs> right. And uh and so uh, you know, finally they they figured out, okay, I guess, I guess they're right. And uh and so by the end, we were doing pretty good. We we had we had some stuff. I mean, we got continuum, we built a giant ship. We that was a movie, of course, but we built spaceships. When both shows shared those spaces, we had yeah. so many. I mean, that 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 in um, nine and ten, that village that we built yeah. um, in what was the? I mean, what, what fact, an incredible it. set! I mean, what an incredible set! I was I was always amazed at our sets. I mean, even any season, the fact that we had like just the ziggurat one from the tomb, and like yeah. the fact that it was a one-off that we were going to take this and knock it down. Yeah, Who I does know. That, right? What show I does know. that? Well, I, I uh, yeah, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit much, and we didn't light it enough so that we were going through tunnels that were too dark. Right. Uh, and I was like, we built this, and we can barely see it because we have like one light. It was great. That was a good episode, Paul and Joe. But yeah, we we did some pretty ambitious stuff for us. We we did that one. Uh, we submerged a bunch of stuff. We froze a bunch of stuff. We refrigerated oh, yeah. sets. It was fun, but. Uh, um, I- 
Wait a minute, you do? Oh, you did? You did the one? Yeah, that's right. You guys did the one where you, where where the ship went into the water or something like that, and people were swimming yeah. around. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there yeah, was always was there was always that was the best. You know what? The best thing about that show ever, and especially after doing so much other TV in other places now, was that that show really was like you know a box of chocolates that you didn't you didn't know what you were going to get, and it was always going to be something fun or different because it was we had to be different. You know, we were just the nature of the show just lent itself to doing something different the next week that was completely on its head from the previous. Well, what we did, what we did, what we kept doing uh, in the writer's room, because, you know, after rap, we would just continue coming to work and, and start writing the next season. And what we would do is we would like every, every time we created, we built on our mythology, we, it would open a door and, and create another story opportunity. And so we stopped feeding upon the, you know, the stuff that we started with, which is all the ancient Egyptian stuff. And, and it came back, but, but we started building in this new framework, this new storytelling stuff, so that the, the lexicon of, of what's in a Stargate uh, really quite, was quite expansive by the end of season 10. The one, but I did it in Atlantis, that was that was the big crossover one. Remember when you came to Atlantis and, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. the Pegasus Project? And I swear to God, it was, I was so schizophrenic at that time because I I couldn't. I was like, okay, what show am I writing? Right. <laughs> I thought it was an Atlantis episode, and no, it's Stargate. I mean, I, I there was times when uh, when we were in the writers because we did when you were talking about both shows going on at the same time. Oh my God, Michael, we uh, Robert and I, no. Paul and Joe were just. We were insane. How did, I don't know yeah. how we did it. We had one writer's room for two series. Well, never mind. I remember in season in season eight, just as a production necessity, and this is where it went crazy town, is because we're doing season eight. Atlantis mm -hmm. is doing season one. Mm -hmm. And we're, because of Rick's schedule and because of money, we're All doing right. bottle episodes where we're taking one character and they're doing an adventure on their own, sort of like, and we're shooting two at the same time. Yes. Um, and and so I didn't know sometimes whether I was on foot or horse. I couldn't imagine writing it. Well, um, th this was the scheduling thing, and so and so not only we were making two shows at the same time, but we were making multiple episodes of those two shows at the same time. On any given day, we could be doing episode uh, uh, eight hundred one and eight hundred two and eight hundred seven, you know, pickups. And episode, you know, 106 of, of, of Atlantis, all with the same nine sound stages. So, look, <laughs> I mean, we were, that was crazy. I mean, and Robert and I would sort of fight over who gets the village, you know, like, well, I kind of really need it for this. Well, Rob, I can't, I can't shoot in the parking lot. I need, <laughs> I need it too, you know, we were fighting over, not fighting, but we were, you know, who gets deadless, you know, which became Odyssey or whenever, when it was, you know, we just changed the nameplate on the bridge. Uh, I remember we were, we, we did pickups for three shows in one yeah. day that were all in the gate room. Deloise was directing two of the shows. So he was directing two of the scenes. And I think Martin, because he's just one of them, but it might've been Andy. So Deloise, he's having, he's having to explain exactly why, why, because you're standing here and we're going, what, so what's coming through the gate now? Like, what are we waiting for? We, we literally needed, like, to be spoon-fed who's coming through and why and what happened. And it was, it was, it was, it was so absurd because, it, and he wouldn't, you know, with Peter, he wouldn't even want to, he only wanted to, like, juggle the, the, the marks because we were already lit. So we'd say, okay, you two swap places. You go in there, you go in there. <laughs> I know. He was, he was actually pretty good at, at uh, uh, 
pulling shit. Cause he would see, because he was also in the writer's wing a, a lot of times uh, with us uh, working in stories and uh, working his ass off actually. And he would, he would know that we would be worried. I mean, we would write with budget in mind, right? That's we would, you get X millions of dollars and it sounds like an enormous amount and it yeah. is, but the reality is it costs this much just to open the front door, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we built a giant village and it, that sounded like a really great idea. And I was all, whoops, we're clever. No, we had to light it. And lighting it was, was like, you know, now it's, it's like insane how, how lighting a massive. And so, you know, we got smart and did a lot more at night. And Joe was really smart and fogged it up once. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we were changing various parts of that. It looked like it ended up looking like a Disneyland set. It ended up looking like you were walking through, you know, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean was over here and over here was. Uh, oh, I love it. It was a great. I, I, I still have that. That was I think it's still one of my favorite sets of all time. Just, it was it was wild. It was yeah. absolutely wild. And the Atlanta set was on the other half of that effect stage. And it was the Blade set, the, the set from the movie Blade. That's right. Which we bought, which we bought for one dollar. I know. And. And and said uh, and that we just started building inside it, fill, filling it out because there was just no. You know, we were building the Atlantis set while we were writing the Atlantis pilot, while we were breaking SG One stories. We were in, there was one point I think it was season one of uh, Atlantis where I said we were talking about an SG One story, and I said, "What is what, what is Taylor doing in this one?" And Paul Molly bless him, reach, gently out, reaches out and touches my arm, and he goes. That's the other show, Brad. It was a genuine, genuine intervention moment. I was like really genuinely confused because I was overtired. And we all laughed our heads off, of course. But I, I, I was, I, yeah, it was, too, it was quite a lot. Why, why, a lot. why is anybody from that show still married? Like, that's what amazes me when I look back on it. I go, how the hell did so many relationships in this industry survive through that? Oh, among the, among the writer producers, especially. Mm -hmm. we, well, what I would do is I would show up, and I think Paul had the same trick. Um, uh, I would show up very early. So if I left at six, I had been there 12 hours. Right. And that way I could, you know, have dinner with my kids and my wife, which, uh, and I never socialized. I mean, we didn't ever hang out. Joe did. There's people who did, but I, I was just, I was just, uh, you know, rap party friends. That's, you know, that, you never saw me going out except, you know, for the cast dinner at the beginning and the rap party that, yeah, and the just, occasional golf trip that was it and that was usually oh a golf trip yeah exactly yeah yeah we'd go on two golf trips a year which i i needed for my own psyche just to have something to look forward to Whoa. but i remember i remember on every one of them you know reading scripts on the plane and making notes and handing stuff back and forth uh, with rob uh, only to have one of the other guys say okay enough guys enough put it away just, just, <laughs> okay well, yeah do you want to have something to do on monday <laughs> Yeah. But I, I don't regret, I don't regret any of it. I, I, I had a, it was fun. And uh, yeah, we missed some life, I suppose. Especially when, when, when it was over, when I would, as you know, would take some time off. Uh, like I took, I stepped away in, in season seven of, uh, of SG-1 uh, before we launched Atlantis. Uh, I, I, I wrote That's and right. I was in the writer's room and I still did stuff, but it was so I could spend the summer with my kids i hadn't done it and they were like at that age of like seven and or 
eight and seven or something like that. And, you know, I, I needed to do it. I needed to, to spend that time because again, after rap, we just kept going to work and write and, uh, but you're right. It's kind of miraculous. You're right. You are right. That was another positive, though. I mean, because we all stayed together as a writing staff, you didn't get that experience you got on on that show between showrunners. You know what I mean? We knew what we did last season. We knew what happens when you go through a Stargate. We knew. I mean, we those rules got pretty complicated. Same thing with yep. our with our directors. They all knew how it all worked. You know? Yeah, it was. I think bringing in new directors in like the later seasons would have been absurd i mean well we we did know. with sgu because it was a slightly different animal and we could yeah and we could get away with it but at the end of the day we just we kept going back to the people that that you know we thought were great like i think andy makita is a fabulous director amanda has turned into a great director she did a ton of travelers it's not just comfort it's yes. it's comfort and and speed and familiarity and uh you know it's it shouldn't be a root canal making television right. shouldn't be painful you know it should, it should feel you know how many kids were born on that show a lot <laughs> i love how you put first those two thoughts together <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean the the family atmosphere led to families i suppose is what i'm saying yeah. quite literally <laughs> yeah, but yes you're absolutely right you're, you're absolutely right we had, a, we had a baby boom on that show yeah absolutely yeah we did and and you know there's a lot of people almost everybody has has had pretty decent careers and, and gone on and 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 been good. I had a little hole after Stargate of not being able to get. Uh, like, I don't. It's what whether it's arrogance or I just had it so good for so long. It, it was hard to go to L.A. and 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 uh, you know you pitch your show and people go great and you sell a pilot and you write a script and you go okay well, this is going to be great we'll shoot this and no, they don't yeah. they don't order the show and you go oh shit. And it, and, and it was, and you realize it was the first time in years and years and years that you wrote, essentially created a series that was never going to become a series. It's just, nobody bought it. And that happened a few times in a row. And, um, and that happens to, but that happens to everybody. It happens to actors too. They, they, they get, especially well, after a long running role. It's going to be one of the biggest, especially after runs like, you know, like we've had, that's, it is one of the biggest discouraging things to, you know, there's a, I think it's very rarefied air when you get a show that seemingly is watched by people in the industry more than it's watched by the public, where the audience seems to be every showrunner that's making their next show that sees that show and grabs the writers, grabs the cast, and they're, they're the next big whatever. Um, that's so rare for it to happen. But the worst thing about the business is having an experience like that. And then you get dropped off on the side of the road and you're back at the back of the line, you know, knocking on doors and doing the same thing. It's, and it's, it feels foreign. It feels, um, well, there's no, there's no writer equivalent though, to guest starring. Right. They're, they're just, you know, there isn't, uh, I guess I could have gone on a show, uh, and been just, you know, a, a staff writer or, a, or you know, a, just a contributing producer. Uh, but, uh, I would have got fired when I tried to take over. <laughs> Oh, right. This is my show. Sorry. 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 Uh, no, I'm I'm not that, but, but you, but you, you, I mean, you had saving hope went, went five years and you were an executive producer. So you had that hat on at the very end. I was, I was just for the final season. The first one I just directed about three or four episodes and then, um, um, which still, I had to jump through all the hoops and, you know, even though, um, 
that had the previous experience, but they just wanted to, you know, to vet. They every actor wants to direct, and every director wants to act, and every singer wants to dance, and every dancer wants to sing. So, well, I, I don't want to direct. I have, and the times I I had to almost have to take over like a way back, way back. I just fell back to such basics and out of panic because usually something had gone horribly wrong. And that's just moments that happened. Like when I was producing the outer limits, not even whole, not, not even whole days, but just, just moments. And, and I realized then, and I, and I know now that I can always hire a, a better director than, than I am always. I will always be able to bring in somebody who will be better than, than I would be, especially with my own work. Because I love when I, when I write a scene and, you know, it goes into the hands of a director and it's, it's not the scene. It's not the scene that I, uh, that I wrote. It's got a slightly different cadence. It's got a slightly different, you know, it's from the, it's from the other side. It's, it's just, it, it's different. And I love that. I love that it's different. It's, it's a group effort. It's like, I love it when an actor takes a line reading that's better than the one I had in my head when I wrote it. And, and good actors do that all the time, all the time. And, and I go, oh, perfect. Yeah, of course, we'll use that take. It's not what I had in mind, but it's better. I think that's fun. Uh, and I, and I will, I'll never act because I, there, I will always be able to hire a better actor. I did act, as you know, for years uh, in theater. And I put myself in a couple of early episodes of Neon Rider. And uh, I'm not did you put yourself, at it. you put yourself in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just one-line things, you know? Right, right. Uh, and uh, not, not good. Not good. And, uh, and then I realized I was pretty much taking food off an actor's table, you know, and that sucks too. I mean, I still, I still write parts that I would love to play, but I, you know, uh, Patrick in uh, Travelers, uh, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's fun. It's a good show. It's uh, when you write a part for like Patrick Gilmore right. and it, it's, it's like writing for you. Uh, I think I know I could write a character for you and, and, uh, other than Daniel even, and know your voice. And that's fun. And that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a nice thing to be able to do, to have that familiarity. So I wrote Patrick's character for myself and then hired a better actor. <laughs> <laughs> David, David, is, uh, David is a part I would have loved to play, but he, would, he was way, way better. That, Matt, Matt Nix said that who did um, Burn Notice. Uh, he told me that one time. He said, um, "He said I write with me as the lead, even though he's, he's not. He, he's I don't think he's ever been an actor." And he said, "I write with with me as a lead because it's my voice coming out of my head in some some sense." And he goes, "And sure. I hire a, a much handsome, more handsome version of me to play the part." Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know. You, you always start, especially with a pilot, when you're doing something new and you don't know the actor's voice, you, you, you pick people in your head, you know, you right. just, you just people, familiar voices. And, and it's, again, it's always different. My, my analogy to, to the, to the directing thing and when, or when actor does something different, a director does something differently than you had in mind when you wrote it. I used to write lyrics for a buddy of mine who was a, a composer, a musician, and he was, he would write the music and, and I would write the lyrics. And this was back in high school. And, and, uh, and in a few year, years since, but I couldn't figure, I couldn't write a lyric without having a tune in my head. Right. And so I would write it and not have a tune in my head. And then he would put his music on my lyric because, and, and it would always be way better than the tune I had in my head. 
Huh. And, it, and, and eventually the original tune I had on my head just went away. And that's what happens when you make a television show. The voice, the whatever, the, the, the approach, the, the, the way it's shot, the one you had in your head is replaced with the one they did. Unless and, you're Aaron uh, Sorkin, in which case they're all him. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> he's the character in every scene. He's all three characters in the one scene, yeah. That's true. That's true. It is Actually, true. I, yeah. And, and uh, they're all witty and they talk really quickly. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I was. I was mm-hmm. again. I was trying to explain it to Tad. I'm going. Watch Aaron Sorkin. They're all him. There's three of yeah. him in one room. Yeah. Even the, 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 uh, in the, the was it the Social Network. The smallest part played by the head of Harvard. He's got one scene, but he's brilliant and he's funny <laughs> and he's sarcastic and he's all the same things as every other character in the damn movie. Yeah, but it's one yeah, one it's scene. True. That's it. Yeah, and it's fun to watch. It is fun. I to mean, watch. I, it is, I, yeah. I have to admit, uh, uh, I, with all of those things. And but you, when you watch, like you talk about Breaking Bad, when you watch an actor, well, all of those actors and great writing, like Vince Gilligan's writing too. Like I, I'm a huge Better Call Saul fan. I don't know if you watched that. I have watched it. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Seahorn is so good, and and you just know it. You're, it's just that extra level, just that that ooh. And and when you know, when Stargate, and and in anything I've ever done, uh, mostly it's been Stargate. You you you, you look for it's. Because you're a harsh critic on yourself, and maybe you're that way as an actor, I don't know. It's never the whole that you, that you think is, oh, that was really good. But it's a moment, uh, an exchange, a sequence. Uh, uh, people would say, well, what's the, what's the thing you're most proud of? It's, it's not one whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of uh, the scene in Abyss between you and Rick. I mean, that's a great, those scenes where you're basically saving his life. Those are, I'm proud of those scenes because Rick was never better. You know, he, he was so strong in those moments. You, amazing, saving his life. And, and the caring between the characters really showed the, the scene in 2010 at the end. Uh, I'm, I, I love that because it was Andy's first directing on the show. And, and it, it looks like a feature film. I, I had it in my head. It was that one with the, the crab people was, was Andy's first one. But that could be. Oh, I could shit. That might, you, might, you know what? That might have been it. But it was that, that season. The crab right. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was. You remember <laughs> that one? Foothold, Foothold, yeah, that's that's, right. that's one of those ones. That's one of those ones where you you, you you're in the writers' room and you go, "Oh shit, can we do this? I think <laughs> we can do this. I don't know. If we, I don't know if we could do this." And then you see the wardrobe and you go, "Holy shit!" <laughs> okay, Andy, over to you. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's pretty good. It's it worked out. I mean, there's other ones that are worse. The story of that was actually really good. Like the actual, yeah. Through but it, it was, was too th- ambitious. It was just too bloody ambitious. Well, the, the creatures themselves were the were the, the, the sort of problem with it. Like, yeah. um, it's like the 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 retu that we did, brilliant, <laughs> but really expensive, right? And never seen again. I remember. I remember that. saying to, that was a Jonathan show, and I remember going, "We can't. There's no way. There's absolutely no way." Well, sure, we can, and that's why they became invisible, right? That's we became invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Necessity being the mother of invention. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. See, we could probably do that for about another hour is just go through individual episodes and go, oh, Jesus, remember that one? Oh, oh, boy. I, oof, oh, oof. We could. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, every time, every time I, I started with this, every time uh, somebody says, oh, yeah, yeah, that show. Yeah, I saw the one where, and I go, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, no, I... That was not our finest hour. Did you see any other ones? No, just that one. Oh, good. Thank you. But people dig them, man. Like, we, I remember when we were filming The Knox, 
and it was just you know rain cats and dogs the entire we're up in up like the cleveland dam and it's just raining i remember cats. and lightning struck just i i saw the lightning strike and i phoned i can't remember it was martin i guess whoever the first ad was might have been andy and i said lightning is striking near the set I could see it at my office window. It looked like it was going to be a disaster. These poor guys in their little pink outfits with their... Armin, know, Armin, Armin Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah. Who was the director of that one? It wasn't Bill. Was it, it was Charlie? Bill. Charlie. That's who it was. Yeah. And um, uh, we thought this was going to be a disaster because we're soaked to the skin. We didn't... There wasn't much... It's a good episode. ...action. We had Apophis wandering through the forest. People love that episode. People love that episode. Absolutely adore it. And I, yeah. I I think I've watched it once in the last five years and went, no, nah, that's not, actually not too bad. I get, it's got a good heart. It's got a good heart to it, you know? And, the heart. And, see, that'll yeah. save anything. Yeah, absolutely. Anything, anything with heart. It, and you could have all the bells and whistles and you could do anything. You could throw money at the screen and not have heart. And, and it's like people go, meh. Yeah. Because, because they've seen it. And that's, that's, that's pretty much what, what you know, what I mean, our show was not ever a huge, huge hit in the grand scheme of things. We we did just good enough to stay on the air, which in some ways is the best you can hope for. Yeah. Because if a show gets too big, everybody goes, get me out of here. I want to go. Everybody just wants to move on. And we did our little we did our little show. Uh, and, and yet, you know, you can do big, big, giant shows and they get one year. Yeah. You know, because they lack that heart. They lack that, you know characters that that audiences connect with that's my number yeah. one rule that's my i did an essay for the companion actually um uh, on rules and and i ended with that that's my number one rule if it doesn't have heart whether it's in the uh in the performances and the or in the writing then there's there's no point why why tune in that's why you love breaking bad that's what makes it such a great show it's it's Absolutely. it's this it's this guy pushed to the to the limits so so far he breaks bad literally and although that what probably the best finale ever in television huh yeah spectacular oh. i mean the, the whole thing the whole that whole season leading up to it was just some of the best television i've ever seen it was and i couldn't i wouldn't i don't say that lively because i i don't i i, I i'm pretty critical about stuff and when people are, I'm hearing all this stuff i'm a little bit cynical when i, I heard all that how great this show was so i started watching and i was like uh, not so great, you know, whatever. And then you get into it and now you're not even paying attention to it as a piece of television so much as you're, you're just connected to it. it. Yeah. You're connected to it as a viewer. You don't, you don't, you don't even know how it's constructed, how they did it, but you're just on board for the ride, which is pretty amazing. Actually, that's the, that's the magic alchemy of everything. That's what makes actors who, who, you know, I mean, we've all worked with actors who were, you know, technically pretty good, but people don't, people don't go, Oh my God. Did you see so and so and so and, and whatever? It's it's that it's that magic quality. It's uh it's that thing that elevates it just that little bit more. And uh, you know, Cranston, Brian Cranston has that in space all, all day long. Although I didn't know who he was yeah. twenty five years ago. Maybe sometimes it just takes a while, right? And, I, I think I only knew him from um, Malcolm in the Middle. Or was that the, the sitcom? Oh, right, did? that was him. Yeah, but didn't expect anything, especially at the time for. Um, for AMC, they'd done Mad Men, and I didn't really watch that. And it was like, this is, you know, their second show, and you're sort of like, well, they, they're going to fall on their face with something here sometime, yeah. right? It's like like Pixar. It's like, you got to have a flop some point, you know, by law of averages. And they knock that one even further out of the park. It's like, wow, pretty amazing, you know? Back to heart. Watch the first yeah. 10 minutes of the movie Up. 
And yeah. you know, if you don't like that, then go to hell. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's again, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could you could have ended that movie after the first three minutes of that little montage of the two of them living their lives oh. together, and I would have been. I was. I was. I'm in tears. You know, like. That's amazing. It's actually why, probably the only reason why Saving Hope lasted for five years was because of the care quotient that the the writers and cast had. Because we didn't, we had a we had a standing set. That's what we had, and maybe a little bit of ability to go to port credit and shoot some shots on the corner, and, that, and that's it. But other than that, it was about people lying down in hospital beds and people with their faces covered in masks. You know covered in fake blood reaching down underneath the camera. That was it. And then right. and if, it, if it wasn't for the give a shit quotient that the, the people who made it had, um, which was not always easy. That's a struggle when you're jogging on the same spot, trying to do something different. It's a, it's, it's difficult. So uh, yeah, that heart you were talking about is absolutely, absolutely key. Yeah. Travelers had a fairly big uh, standing set that we, that we shot a lot in because, <laughs> you know, it, we were in a big budget show either. But you know, if you if you move the camera a little bit and 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 you you know it's, it's funny and light occasionally. I mean, I always I always even in the in the most harrowing circumstances, always try to include humor. Um, and uh, you, you you should do more comedy. You've done have you done much comedy? You're very funny. I mean, you have a timing. We don't get a lot of it in Canada. Canada that's true. And, and to break into, I mean, even the industry here to a certain extent, but especially in the States. It's like, if you're not in already, like if they don't yeah. see that way, then, you know, you're not even getting a second look. Oh, I, that's definitely true. That's definitely true of writers too. I mean, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even dream of trying to do both. That was, that was always the best. Again, I was again, talking to my daughter about it, about um, making a, the more dire the circumstances, if it's funny, it's actually more poignant than yeah. if it's dire, you know, like it's, it's because it's people with that gallows sense fighting against what seems to be the natural instinct to get melancholy or whatever, that if you can keep it above there, there's a further place for it to drop when it gets more dramatic. Right. So, yeah. 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 And yeah, we, we did that a lot in Stargate. Um, yeah. It's always sort of a go-to place for me for that reason, for exactly that reason. Cause you don't want to get ever into the, Maudlin, you know, no. Maudlin's, Maudlin's bad. Yeah. You're, you're way younger than me. <laughs> so what do <would> you <laughs> want to do? What do you want to, I mean, I mean, I, I think I have another show on me, but so this business retires you, right? So uh, when you're a writer producer, at least uh, you can act until you're an old man. What, what, what would, would you, would you like to sink your teeth into another series? What, what would you feel like? Uh, no, for sure. I think that, I mean, I'm in that, what, what I'm finding funny right now is, um, I'm in that hard to cast spot. I'm in the somewhere in between the, I'm not the leading man anymore, young leading man anymore. And I'm not the old dad anymore or, or, or yet uh, I'll get there. Um, so I'm in that spot where it's like, so you're either the cop um, um, or the bad guy. The, what, what options are available is a big question mark. You know, like that's, yeah. I'd certainly, I'd certainly love to do another series. I, I enjoy it very much. I've enjoyed the, the space of, I spent so much time for the five years of doing uh, Saving Hope. So I missed uh, a good chunk of my kids um, sort of middle years, you know? Um, so when I got home, it's like, they're both, Oh, wow. They're both teenagers. Oh crap. So I've enjoyed being home 
because strangely enough, as you know, that this is a period when they really need you. Um, That's true. So uh, it's been good to, it's been good to be here. And I think that um, they're, they're through the woods enough now and they're finally in that place. If you, you, I remember you said this to me, you know, they're they're getting to that place where they don't want anything to do with you anymore, even though you're going, I've got time. And they're like, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm, going up for i'm on a date tonight sorry i don't, I don't yeah don't talk that's yeah. true hey i'm home nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> the dog the dog cared that's what this, i think the reason yeah. people get a pet so there's something rush, somebody rushing to the door it's your dog yep yep but uh you're right but in those you're you're also right that these are the years that being home is important so yeah, yeah. i i always think as long as when you're home you're home that's important. Yeah. I know we, we work ridiculous hours, but it was, you know, if you're home and, and then disconnect them out, you gotta be, yeah, home. Yeah. you gotta be yeah. present. And I think, uh, because they fill you, like I always said to, um, especially young writers and actors, you have to have a life in order to be able to portray a life. Yeah. You, you, you have to be a three dimensional person before you can embody one either on the page or on the screen. You know, you, you have, if you, if you otherwise you're as a writer your your dialogue is is just a, an imitation of other writers and your performances are uh, an imitation of other actors that you admire which works for a period of time but but you know no one's gonna no one's gonna give you a show uh in either of our crafts unless unless it's yours unless you have your voice and so and it it takes time it takes you can't it's like it's like the the thing about stand-up comedians all their material is about hotel rooms and yeah. airplanes because yeah. that's all they get. That's, that's it. You're a prisoner of your own success. That's made Rick such a compelling actor was a life that he fully had lived before he even got on that show. You know, he was just so, he just so owned himself, uh, you know, in a way that is so rare. And knew exactly what skin he was comfortable in like he would i mean you would write a scene for him and if he wasn't comfortable with it he would he would i mean that's the only time it was an like an issue was like no no this isn't gonna this scene isn't something i would do it might be something (laughs) even that o'neill would do right but he knew he knew what he was good at and sometimes i sometimes we were able to i we pushed him a, a little bit because he, I think he, ha- I don't know if this is, you believe this or not. I think he was better than he thought he was. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, he was. That's yeah, sure. definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then you get, and I, I prefer that to the actor who is nowhere near as good as he thinks he is because then they, they, yeah, that's, that can get you in this big trouble. Yeah. 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 Um, no, you're right. <laughs> You're right. It was, it was, uh, and again, a voice that I got eventually good at writing it. I remember season one, I, I, Rob, uh, it was early on. I mean, Rob started as a story editor. He only became uh, basically the co showrunner uh, after a couple of years and a few years. And, uh, and he wanted Rick to see his script of first commandment before I had done a pass on it. And, and I said, okay. And, uh, and Rick had put check marks all through the script. And, and, and Robert looked at it and he went, oh, that's good. And I went, check marks are, are bad. <laughs> check marks aren't good. And, and it was just the voice. That's, I mean, he knew his character voice. And, 
and he wasn't criticizing the story or anything. It was the it was O'Neill's voice, and and uh, and he hated he hated over hates. He's still very much alive. He hates yeah. overly earnest performances. He hates having to be asked to do that too, right. because he is so naturally cynical. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anybody else like that. Do you, Michael? <laughs> not, not to that degree, and not, and no. not somebody who absolutely knew it. Like I am now, more than I ever was before, just from you know life. Long body of work, too. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's. All, I, I said that to Rick the last time I saw him. I was talking about that. I said, you know, when when there's such a stark difference between the life experience that you've had and the the writer, that you know you're. And the nicest way I can phrase it is um, that you turn to them and say, I don't think this guy who's kind of me would, is, would handle it in the way that you've executed the handling of it. And that's kind of the nicest yeah. way to put that. No, and, and, and Rick, that's what, I mean, that's what Rick was, was saying uh, all through, you know, at the beginning, especially. And eventually I got, you know, and I would do a pass. Uh, eventually people Paul and Joe and Rob all ended up getting everybody's voice and you probably had a hard time yeah I mean you, you would agree I think we all eventually wrote Daniel like Daniel and, and yeah, Carter yeah, yeah. like Carter yeah, sure. it, but it takes time it, it takes a long time and 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 life for everybody um so in Travelers I, I had a whole bunch of young writers um and I would do a a, a fairly major pass on on every script. And whenever I got to a, a script that I didn't have to change, let me tell you, that's, that, that's great. I mean, that gives me a weekend. That means I, I poise over the typewriter and I go, this is a good scene and I don't have to change right. it. That's the voice. That's in a, and that's what you're hoping for as a showrunner uh, with young writers for sure. You know, and, uh, but, but I can't, I can't make a 20 year old understand uh, the, the, the dynamics in a, in a marriage of two 50 year olds. I, I can't, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. That's, that, that's, the that's, thing. that's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, uh, sometimes it's just that sometimes it's just, you know, you know, the dynamic you're going for, I see, I see the, the attack. I just need to make it come out of the mouths of two 50 year old characters as opposed to what a 20 year old thinks it is. And that's, that happens a lot, huh? Especially when it came to Rick is one of the things that, no one ever really fully understood the man because I still don't. I don't know if you no. do, but no, nope. <laughs> nope. because I, I, I love I, him. I love him. I, but me I, too. I, Absolutely. But I, but I there's I, a, there's a little, there's a little wall there that I, I, I don't have access beyond. Yep. And, and, and uh, it's not deliberate. It's, and it's certainly, it, it's not, I get warm feelings back. It's not, I mean, it's not like he's cold at all. It's just, there's a little, I, uh, I don't completely know who you are. Yep. I, 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 as I get older, I, I feel like I have a little bit of that in me. I, maybe there's, maybe it's just not the desire to, a desire not to, to share, you know, everything. Uh, yeah. You, but, but as an actor, it's, it's different. You, you, your job is to expose access feelings and expose them on as a character you know yeah or also to know when you know yeah. like that's that's a big part of it too is to 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 because you know nobody wants to see somebody who's because nobody is in real life nobody's putting themselves out there all the time no. and nobody's 
emoting as hard as we do sometimes in film and and it's it's knowing strategically when to back off and when to let somebody in and and even if you you know i think even if you do it by accident but you know that's what i always i don't know that's what i always that's that's the trick i think that's the biggest trick is to to figure out when and there's no magic formula it's material and process and 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 then the magical timing of whatever the partner you're with all the stuff and there's no yeah there's no way to that's why it's so great when you actually have a great partner that yeah that you work with it's so rare but it's 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 magic yeah and also also just the that sometimes just that little nuance that little look that little flick of the eyes that you can sometimes find a good editor will find for you or or you, you know you you can add or uh, I remember, I remember taking you into the editing room early in the show. Just, just, to, I, do you remember this? I remember yeah. saying just in terms of reactions, because I would go, uh, you were brand new in some ways. And, and, uh, and I would say, I need, I need, I know you don't have a lot of dialogue, but I'm going to cut to you. I need to cut to you. Yeah. I need what I need Daniel's point of view in this scene. You need to be looking this I can't if you're not looking this way I'm kind of just somebody who's you know and and uh and you and it was uh, I remember you going wow that's wow that's true you have to do that and and yep. and um and it's something all actors have to learn early on and and I always ended up and enjoyed bringing uh actors into the uh editing room and I, it's editing is now so different too because it's so immediate it's so like when I started, it was it, to make it, you had to make more of a decision before you tried something. Now I could say, can we just look over here, try this, stick this in here. And the editor goes, boom, 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 boom. And you get to see a cutting pattern that you were just trying out and it either works or it doesn't. And it, so it allows for a lot more exploration and discovery than, than it ever did before. Or even on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a television set to have, you know, even the script supervisor has every take on her iPad ready to be played back, you know, so you can see the mistakes. And, and, and you know, if you want to tell somebody, you know, if you're trying to instruct an actor in, in a scene, you can sort of say, oh, no, no, you, you got Well, you thought you did this, but come here, come here, take a quick look. You know, they punch it up, put the timing in. This is on set, right? We never yeah. had a chance to do any of it. No, Little no, especially when you, you turn around between, you know, after lunch and it's like three hours later and you're doing now you're doing the second half of the scene on the other side it's hard to remember too that's that's another reason i i think actors are uh, i'm always more I, I always tell people who anybody who has the audacity to say acting is easy really okay you try doing a scene when there's a camera right there and 50 people behind that camera you try revealing yourself you go ahead and try that and then do it not once, not twice, but fifty-seven times right. from multiple angles, and 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 hit the same emotions, and and be in the same. Like that is so. It's so much harder than you than you think it is. You're you're out of your mind. And and the skill of a good uh, film or television actor uh, always it's always amazes me. It's always. I mean, because I mean, you love the theater too, right? Uh, yeah. You you haven't. I don't know if you've done anything lately, but. But in the theater, you you get your you get that performance, you get that one performance, and sometimes you feel like you're doing something incredibly different. 
Um, but it's, you know, the audience really wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Uh, uh, in film or television, you can see that little difference because the camera's right here. It's not, you're not somewhere way far away. The camera's right here and the little, a little subtle change is what I'm looking for in the editing room. Um, all of those things. When to reveal it. Like you just said, when, it's sometimes it's when do you, when you reveal it. And so like uh, 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 Rico and his in season two of uh, Travelers uh, has a, a, a recurring character as a villain. He uh, he was in Stargate too, if you, if you recall. And, I, I worked uh, with he, him on Flashpoint actually. Of course, of course. Yeah, he's yeah. so good. And And he did this wonderful thing where he basically he gave each perform each take had a had a different level like he, this right. was this was his character at four this was his character at six and he gave us one at 11 you know <laughs> uh, and and of course uh the editor loved the 11 loved the 11 performance and 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 in the first cut you know it was the, the all 11 and i went let's 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 modulate it let's because i'm pretty sure he did that so that we could have those choices let's right. make them Let's pick the best of this. Let's let's combine it with the best of this. And you can make a performance just just shine, even though it never happened all at once. Yeah, yeah, I know, I absolutely. That's so yeah. fun, and 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 uh, yeah, yeah, it's great fun to do to the best. Some of the best um, performances that I could, you know, that you could see being constructed, not even and not even mine, um, were three different takes you know, um, a mashing of three different takes that gave this heartbeat to a portrayal that wasn't in any one take, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. one minute, she's exactly. ball, and the next minute she's cold, and the next minute she's, you know, she's dismissive. And you're like, how the hell did she jump to all those points? Well, let me tell you, that's editing. You know, that's, that's yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's, and it comes, it feels like this really rich, sophisticated performance, and it is, but, uh, but it's 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 artifice. I mean, that, that's the other thing. It, what we do isn't real. It's it's uh, it's yeah. all pretend. And uh, to to uh, to act otherwise is kind of silly. But um, I feel like we've talked a long time, <laughs> <laughs> and I've really enjoyed myself. But I just realized now that this is uh, th this isn't a Zoom between two people who haven't seen each other catching up. This uh, this is a has another purpose entirely. <laughs> But uh, did, 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 did we you hit all the points? Say, I, I don't know. There weren't any points. Uh, I wanted <laughs> you to talk about acting, and I wanted to talk about writing and uh, and acting. Is there anything I that think, you want to? No, I'm good. Let's do this yeah, again sometime. Let's let's do it and not record it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing like sitting down with an old friend and catching up on Zoom, then recording the whole thing for thousands of people to listen in. I hope you enjoyed this interview. You can find my essays and a hundred more stories like these on The Companion at www.thecompanion.app. Hi there. This is Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman, your favorite gatekeeper. Have you ever wondered what it takes to become a certified Stargate technician? Well, now you can find out because I'm going to share my knowledge and experience with a select group of aspiring and enthusiastic gators. I wanna give you a chance to be a hero too. That's why I'm happy to announce that on March 11th, I'll be taking a small number of students for my class, Gate Tech 101. 
Tickets are on sale now at thecompanion.app slash events. You won't want to miss this because it's not just a Stargate masterclass. It's a Stargate chief master sergeant class. See you there. But for now, Chevron 7 is locked. <laughs>